Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Karen Can Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you don't have a copy of my book, you can get the first six chapters free on my website, www.karencan.com. Just put your name and email address in, you'll get on my mailing list, and I'll send you the link where you can download the um you know the first six chapters as well you will receive an email with uh secret access codes to some of my online webinars uh, the fast track your healing program uh, actually there's five classes you can get for free online so enjoy enjoy and you know please connect with me on facebook and instagram and youtube and you know all that good social media stuff um well today we have a special guest and this is the filmmaker of the film the connection the connection is about the mind body connection and how our minds our spirits can change our physiology and uh, this is so much of what has um, happened in my life has to do with appreciating and honoring this connection. When I had fibromyalgia, uh, you know, over 10 years ago, um, I realized that I didn't want to be disabled anymore and sought to figure out, okay, how do I get better without, you know, getting on all these drugs, which I had side effects for, I didn't believe in the drugs, and really it was the mind-body-spirit connection that really pulled me out of that chronic illness. Yes, I did nutrition, yes, I did acupuncture, but I got to tell you that the mind-spirit connection was the most important aspect of my healing, and so I'm really pleased to be able to um, interview the uh, filmmaker of The Connection, uh, Shannon Harvey, who at 24 years of age was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I have a lot of people in my practice that have autoimmune. So her immune system became um, you know, hyperactive, was attacking itself, was inflamed. Um, she was told she could end up with organ failure or maybe even end up in a wheelchair. So in search for a cure, she tried everything from drugs to alternative therapies and everything in between. But she was still sick, and I totally resonate with that story given my own experience. Um, but she realized that when she was stressed that, she, that you know her symptoms got worse. And because she had a background in journalism, she thought, well, let's, let's get some answers. You know, she's going to use her skill set to get some answers. So on her journey to getting better, she realized in order to change her health, she needed to change her mind. So this uh, film, The Connection, is about um, how you know the frontier research in the mind-body connection is proving that there is a direct connection between your mind and your health, and it gives us some really awesome um, tools to look forward to so we can help support our own personal healing. So I am so pleased, uh, Shannon, that you're here with us all the way from Australia. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you very much for having me. Oh, yes, our pleasure. We're very excited that you're here to talk about your film. And uh, I think I um, I actually saw your film through one of the uh, FMTV portals. So I have a mm-hmm. membership at FMTV, and we had interviewed uh, the, um, the the creators of uh, Hungry for Change and um, mm-hmm. 
you know, some of those fabulous uh, films, Food Matters. So that's where we saw you, and we were so mm-hmm. happy to see this film because otherwise I wouldn't have known about it, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I uh, mentioned to you before, before we got on this call, that, you know, one of my 15-year-old uh, patients who is an indigo child totally resonated with your film, and it, and it did change her life. I mean, she practiced started practicing meditation on a regular basis, and it's definitely been a very positive change. So I really want to honor and thank you for your efforts and your creativity in, in making a film that you know speaks to even our young people. Oh, well, thank you so much for helping us spread the word. You know, it it is an independent film, which means that we don't have the big studio uh, money backing us um, in spreading Spreading the word, we we released it in uh, in October last year via mm. an independent world tour that we did, and we had premieres in in, in many of the major cities in the US, um, and and in London, and of course here in Australia, in Sydney, and in Melbourne. But the, the challenge that we've got is how do we reach people? You know, how do we spread the word um, about this? Because um, the film is very much about the latest science and and how. What ancient wisdom um, has taught us for, for, for thousands and thousands of years that the mind and the body are connected when it comes to chronic illness. But uh, it's only now with the development of new technology that science is starting to catch up. And, and, uh, and yeah, as you know, with my own personal story, with my own health, I felt very compelled that, uh, that people really needed to know about this. And, uh, and that's why we've made the film. Mm, well, yes, yeah, so thank you for that, and uh, um, I'm happy to, uh, you know, spread it as much as we can in our little neck of the woods here. Um, one of the things in medical school we were taught, or I guess not taught, uh, was that, okay, stress is important and how to how to manage stress. And so we would ask our patients if they, if they were stressed, if they were stressed, and we'd say, well, you, you have to manage your stress, you know, and maybe we would suggest a meditation, but we didn't do it ourselves. And we didn't really know mm. the data. I mean, there's, you know, maybe one person here who is on your film, uh, you know, from uh, from the United States who talks about um, the breath and the cortisol levels and, mm. and um, uh, Harvard. And, you know, it was that was like the one person that we could say, oh, mm. wow, this is the head of the Mind-Body Institute and there's actually real science behind it. But mm. we weren't really presented with that data. So what's really great about your film is some of this data. So maybe you could share a few key points from your film to say, hey, this isn't just like pie in the sky stuff. This is real science. This is real stuff that that proves that this mind-body connection really is real and we can do something about it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, hearing hearing your perspective um, going through medical training um, there in the U.S. Um, my jumping off point for discovering this this incredible research was actually stumbling upon a, a, a PDF document that was on about page 20 of a Google search that I was doing when I was trying to find answers for myself. And this was a document um, that was written by uh, uh, an academic here in Australia who was lecturing at Monash University, one of the leading universities here um, in the medical school department. And the document was written for medical students and it was a summary of all the latest research showing that treating the state of somebody's mind could significantly alter the outcome of their chronic illness. 
Wow. And I read this document cover to cover and it was obviously written for medical students. So it was it was very much written in medical language, but it just referenced paper after paper after paper showing everything from that people who meditate, um, their, their, the structures of their brain change towards being less less of a, uh, a stressed brain um, that that people who experiencing who experience love and support tend to fare better in the outcome of chronic illness um, in as in opposition to people who are feeling isolated and depressed who tend to fare worse mm-hmm. um, studies looking at how being uh, having po- the experience of positive emotions and by positive emotions I'm talking about things like love and joy and gratitude and how those positive emotions can actually change physiology in the body and actually therefore shift towards a healthier body. Um, Studies that show, for instance, that the words that a doctor uses when they're they're Mm. in an interaction with their patient can actually trigger in one way or another a healing response in the body and that's what's called the placebo effect which in you know these days we tend to think of of placebo as being you know fake pills right. but in actual fact placebo is a very powerful physiological natural healing response in the body which is what we're trying to or what doctors are trying to get happening when they're treating somebody so you know, there's lots and lots of research now that's asking the question of, well, hang on a second, placebo isn't just about a a, a way to check whether or not drugs are working. There's something really profound happening in the body here. Why is it that when somebody takes, you know, a certain coloured pill over another certain coloured pill, why is it that that pill triggers healing? What's going on? Let's ask ourselves those questions. So all of this research, when I first read it, was just, utterly extraordinary to me and I and the first question that I that I had to ask myself was why didn't my doctor tell me why when I was sitting in in my doctor's rooms and I was first diagnosed with what he suspected was lupus why didn't he actually say there's so much more you can do than than literally just take steroidal medication um, and and my conclusion now really is is that I don't think that doctors realise. I think that this research is so new that, in fact, they um, they haven't actually had the time to pour over the, the excess amount of data. Right, and it doesn't often uh, appear in our regular medical journals because a lot of those journals are supported by the pharmaceutical industry. So we may get, you know, one article on you know, whatever relaxation. Uh, but to be honest, even as in medical school, it just wasn't sexy enough for me. You know, I wanted to know about the latest <laughs> drug or surgery or you know, mm. device or something because I thought that was exciting. And then, of course, by the time I became sick myself, I realized, oh my gosh, um, I cannot get better with these, mm. you know, conventional medicine therapies. And great if you've mm. got an arm chopped off and you want to put it back together, mm. but not so great if you have a chronic illness and we're miserable mm. in conventional medicine generally treating mm. those kinds of things. And it's, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that you're uh, presenting in the movie is is really having that science, um, you know, background and say, hey, if you have a chronic illness and nothing's working, um, you might have to look at this piece. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, part of the problem is is that it's very difficult to put, you know, ex- the, the experience of love and joy and intimacy and and gratitude into a pill. Right, <laughs> right. So, 
that pill would be very expensive. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, and even if they did have the pill, I'm not sure they could make money on it. So I'm not sure they would make it. <laughs> mm, exactly. Exactly. There's, there, I mean, the point here really is that there's not a lot of money to be made in mind-body medicine. Um, Some of the people that I interviewed for the film, many of whom came from the US, um, um, they they talk about this this healthcare system, which is a disease care system rather than a healthcare system. Yeah. Yeah, disease model, acute care model, um, you know, Mm. not really knowing. And like I said, and, and... uh, in our training in medical school, you know, the emphasis really, I mean, we talked about prevention. I was interested in that. I was interested in um, the mind-body connection. And we actually had our own little group of, you know, first-year medical students with a couple of wonderful mentors, you know, who I just told them, I don't want to be one of these cold-hearted doctors. I want to be a loving mm. doctor. And I don't want the stress of medical school to change me into someone I don't like. And so mm. these were all, you know, a group of us, you know, kids uh, in medical school first mm. year who had the same goal. Um, it luckily worked. <laughs> we had some, we had some support, um, but it isn't very, uh, you know, common in regular medical training to to really put a lot of emphasis on this stuff because that that is not the expertise of our professors. You know, That's right. You, well, I mean, yeah, unless you happen to, you know, be taught by Herbert Benson, you know, at Harvard. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what what's really exciting to me, though, is that since I released the film, the medical community has responded extraordinarily in favor of the film. Um, we have doctors who who get in touch with us and ask if they can put the film on loop in their waiting room. Um we had the CEO of the organisation in Massachusetts that's responsible for about 60% of the overall healthcare there, um, you know, say that he wanted to show the film to all the residents, doctors, nurses and other oh, healthcare professionals wonderful. in his system. And he's honoured that. He has gone through and he's hosted quite a few screenings of the film to his staff. And if they see the film, they get points towards their internal wellness program that they've got mm. within the organisation. Um, we've, we, we, we honestly, we've had hospitals screen the film. I'm, I'm flying down next month to uh, St. Vincent's Hospital, one of the major hospitals here in Australia, to screen the film. We, we, um, we've had hospitals in the UK and in the US also want to screen the film. So we've had a really positive response. And, and, and I do have a lot of hope here because people like Dr. Craig Hassard, who's one of the Australian academics who's featured in the film, he's the one who originally wrote that document I mentioned that sort of set me on this path. Um, he, he's actually made the subject of mindfulness uh, an examinable subject to first year medical students at Monash University and mm-hmm. and they and it's kind of peppered throughout their medical degree looking at how you know the the state of somebody's mind can actually affect the outcome of their illness and and they get it again I think in their final year and it's he's not just stopping with the medical students that's what's really extraordinary about his work he's he's actually rolling it out to other faculties at the university um so I, I do, and I mean, even though he is, he's a bit of an outlier and that's certainly not the norm, I do feel very excited because I think what's happening now is that as the technology gets better and as the science gets more robust, it's becoming more and, 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 and more compelling um, for people to start considering this. Um, and as the chronic illness epidemic, of course, is on the increase, we're, we're going to need to look for answers other than drugs and surgery because they're just not able to meet the, the epidemic head-on. So 
I think necessity will actually drive the change and um, and it's really exciting to know that there are people who are constantly working every single day to make that happen. Oh, that's fantastic news and, well, definitely hats off to uh, Dr. Craig <laughs> said, uh, mm, in, mm. Uh, in your neck of the woods. Wow, that is fantastic. Mm. You know, when I was a mm. medical student, I'd actually was on the, the committee to uh, the curriculum committee and because um, I want to... I was one of those that wanted to change the world and kept pushing for this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's so great to see that it's actually happening, you know, in other in mm. other parts of the world. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Well, maybe you could share with us um, maybe a couple of, uh, you know, what for you were some of the most exciting or influential, um, you know, science that, um, you know, that you came across in your research for the film? Well, one of the big breakthroughs for me was looking at at the the role of stress in and when it comes to illness. And I think most it's it's quite common knowledge now that 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 people know that that when you experience stress, um, it triggers a whole cascade of hormones and other chemicals in your body um, that that are actually designed to be good for you, and to, they're designed to kind of get you out of danger and to run away from, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a saber-toothed tiger that might be chasing after you or whatever it is. Um, but, but what we're starting to know now is that in the long-term, chronic stress, the chronic activation of the stress response creates this thing called allostatic load in our body and it's like a, a constant wear and tear of your body. So I think that was fairly, that was, that was for me, that wasn't really brand new information, although it was good to kind of remember it and think about it in terms of my own illness. But the real breakthrough for me was coming across research by two particular um, neuroscience groups. So one was there over there in the US, um, a team led by Dr. Sarah Lazar, who's a a neuroscientist considering what happens in the brain when we meditate. And she took people who had never meditated and and, and in an eight-week program, she actually observed changes in their brain structure. What I found really interesting about that change is that the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that is, is central to your stress response. <clears throat> There's that two tiny almond-shaped parts of your brain um, in, in the lower parts of your brain. And what she observed is that the amygdala actually gets smaller. So they start yes. shrinking. Now, what was interesting about that is that the people who, who observe, in who they observed those changes, they also reported greater feelings of peace in their lives, experiencing less stressful reactions to, to, to the same sort of events that they, were, that they were being faced with in their everyday lives. So that in itself was interesting. But when you compare that to research that's being done in India on, on mice, it gets even more interesting because these researchers put put some mice through a stress protocol where the mice were basically exposed to loud noises that, that triggered their stress response. And what they observed is that the amygdala of those mice actually got larger. Mm. So, so we can sort of think about this from that perspective that stress, putting, constantly exposing your brain to stress makes an increased, a, 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 an enlarged amygdala and actively working to to calm that stress response down makes a smaller amygdala. But even more interesting is that when the researchers who were looking at the mice went back and measured the, the mice brains, even after they'd stopped exposing them to the noises weeks and weeks later, the amygdala of these mice was 
still large. Mm -hmm. So what I took from this information is that we actually, we need to actively work to change our brain structure. It's not that we can just say, well, a stressful event happened a few months ago. I'm Mm -hmm. no longer experiencing that stressful event and that's enough. What I'm taking from this research is that we need to actually actively shrink our amygdalas if we want to actually change our stress response. Right, right. That's great. I remember that. That was a great piece there. And for yourself, um, can you tell us, like, what, how, how has all this information impacted you personally? Uh, what were you like before? What are you, what are you like now? What's your current practice? Yeah, so my my life is almost unrecognizable from what it was before. When when I first got sick, I was living uh, in a different place from my family and friends, and I was only communicating to them via emails and text messages, really. Um, and I had been living away from from home uh, for for a long, long time, um, living overseas and then in a different state. So I was kind of I was I was not interacting with people in in meaningful ways and and I now know that 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 feeling in a in a loving supportive community is absolutely central to good health. So I now live virtually in the same in the same suburb as as my family and that's mm. extraordinary. I've also changed my job. I was I was working as a news journalist. I was working on hourly deadlines for radio and television. Uh, news bulletins and my stress response was being activated every hour on the hour. Oh so my gosh, absolutely. Was, um, that was a very stressful position and, and I slowly over a number of years made the decision to get out of that very fast-paced news journalism world and I started my own production company um, which ultimately then led to creating The Connection, my film. Um, but others, you know, it's, it's other things like in my everyday, you know, I, I reassessed what my priorities were and decided that it's actually not all about career. It's health has to come first. So I meditate regularly. I practice yoga regularly. I've, I've deliberately shifted my work habits so that I don't need to sit in three hours of traffic every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and my health is just, is just improved dramatically. I, I don't need to take any medication for the autoimmune disease that I was diagnosed with in my early 20s, and I'm I'm now in my my early to mid 30s, so I'm uh, wow. I'm doing really well. Yeah, and I'm also one of the, the best things that happened as part of this journey is that um, is that I became pregnant um, <gasps> unexpectedly, but but wonderfully <laughs> and joyfully, and and I'm the mother of a beautiful, healthy two year old boy. So wow, that's, um, that's another really wonderful kind of. Um, you know, part of my process. Oh, wow, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I know, you know, a lot of people with autoimmune, especially if they were diagnosed with lupus, I mean, they don't, Mm. it's very, very hard on the body pregnancy and they may or may not even be able to Mm. get pregnant. So um, Mm -hmm, obviously mm -hmm. what you've done has been uh, transformational uh, in your Mm -hmm. health. And and I think, you know, people listening to the show need to know that you didn't do this overnight, right? No, no, that's the other really important thing. I think part of the issue with the way that our healthcare system operates is that we we sort of think, well, we'll go to a doctor, they'll give us a pill and then we'll get better. Right. And then when years and years go by and the pills haven't worked or the surgery hasn't worked, we start, that's only, it's only then that we start turning to alternatives. Um, But for me, this, this really is a, it's it's an ongoing journey to health. I, I, I really don't like using the word cure. 
Um, and, and the reason I don't like using the word cure is because I know that if I was to return to a to an emotional state where I was regularly stressed or feeling, um, you know, chronic anger or or um, or um, resentment or anything like that, or if I was to um, <clears throat> if I was to start eating really unhealthful foods and um, return to my old ways of not exercising regularly or exposing myself to the people around me who who are who are loving and supportive, I know that my health would turn around very very quickly. So, I I, I live with the fact that I have been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and that my immune system has a tendency to want to get inflamed when it's when it's pushed to the limit. But at the same time, I live every day in a very very well state. So. You know, and, and, you know, and I'm not, the other thing is, is that I try not to overpromise people because I, you know, something happened in my personal life earlier this year that really knocked me for six and it was just sudden, unexpected grief that, that was beyond control and, and, and what happened after that was a number of weeks of feeling really blue, not really wanting to kind of look after myself in the best way, although I must admit I, I did, you know, keep up some of my healthy habits like meditation and writing in a gratitude journal but I did I did reach for comfort foods and I and I didn't practice as much yoga as I as I have been in the past and what happened after that was that I did experiencing experience the inflammation in my body that 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 is familiar to me and, and is associated with with having an overactive immune system. That's not to say that I needed to go back you know to see doctors and I didn't need to go on any medication or anything like that but it was just a beautiful reminder in a lot of ways that I'm on the right track because, you know, if I don't kind of live this life every single day, then my health could very easily turn around very quickly. Right. That's a very, very good point. And I feel exactly the same way about my health as well, you know, uh, even mm. though I don't have fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome anymore and people knowing my mm. schedule is like, eh, I can't imagine you ever having that. Um, but you're mm. right, I, I you know, it's a responsibility, and I'm very happy to, you know, take care of my body now, whereas I just took took it for mm. granted before. Um, none mm. of us are perfect, uh, but it's a process. Uh, so thank mm. you for validating that uh, for me as well. Um, mm. Let's uh, let's maybe share with um, our audience where they can watch or where they can get a copy of The Connection, your awesome film. Maybe you can give us the website and any other details you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. So you can um, buy the film um, on our website, www.theconnection.tv, um, and the first 15 minutes of the film are available for free on our website. Um, we've also got extended interviews with all the experts who, who are featured in the film, so people like Dr. Herbert Benson, who um, is renowned in the US for discovering the relaxation response. People like John Kabat-Zinn, who is um, one of the people who attributed to, to bringing meditation and mindfulness to the healthcare system in the West. Um, mm. People like Dr. Dean Ornish, whose uh, lifestyle program has been shown to really help a lot of people with illnesses like heart disease, diabetes, and, and, and cancers. Um, so there's a number of... of um, quite popular and well-known U.S. faces that you'll see in the film. Um, But there's also some really incredible stories of people who have used mind-body medicine to and added it to their overall treatment plan to overcome illnesses despite what their prognosis was. So there's a heart disease case study, there's a 
um, there's two cancer case studies. There's a woman who is experiencing infertility and um, a professor um, of emergency medicine who was diagnosed with MS but who's extremely well today and whose program has been repeated in, in a number of other people as well. Um, uh, so uh, so that's what the film is. And, and I write a blog as well, which is um, available at our website as well. So I write that weekly to kind of talk about the latest science in mind-body medicine. Um, the film is also available on iTunes as well uh, for people who are who prefer to kind of get their digital information from from that resource. Um, oh, we also do another program as well, which um, which we really um, encourage um, a community screening program. We call it host your own screening of the film, and we've been finding that the feedback from that has been really good. People can gather their own communities, whether they're you know in a in a in their own lounge room or whether they're in a yoga studio or in a hospital you know, um, community space, whatever it is, um, that's been an extraordinary program. We had hundreds and hundreds of screenings now um, all around the world of the film and people have been hosting panel discussions afterwards and inviting their local experts to comment and um, that's been another really excellent way that we've been able to get the word out about the film. Mm, That's a great idea. In fact, I'm on that page right now. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, we have an art center here, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if they would consider healing arts as a, you know, as an art yes, uh, totally. where we can get this. Uh, so we have a, what we call the Adirondack Wellness Network. We're in the part of the U.S. called the Adirondack Park. Uh, so we have a network of um, healers, wellness business owners who are kind of just trying to create awareness in our community mm. for wellness and mindfulness. And, and um, mm. anyway, so it's exciting. We're, we're, we're pretty new, so we've got a lot of mm, How wonderful. But yeah. this is one of the things that, that we're hoping to do. Um, so, Shannon, thank you so much for being on the show. It was wonderful talking to you, and congratulations for a very successful film and also for your personal successes as well. Oh, well, thank you so much for helping us um, talk about it. And I really, really appreciate being invited to to talk to you. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And it's one of those films. We have a little lending library at my office. So we have these wonderful films that I love to lend to people. And intuitively, I know who's ready for what. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a must. Um, so for everyone listening in as well, thank you so much for listening in. Until next time, take care. Bye for now.